0: to the Ketones and Coffee podcast with Lawrence Manaig, where we explore the ketogenic lifestyle and how it can improve your physical and mental health. Each week, we bring you valuable insights and advice from experts to help you on your journey to a healthier lifestyle. This episode is brought to you by basicketogeniclifestyle.com, where Lawrence coaches individuals with depression to reverse their symptoms and achieve a healthier, happier life using an evidence-based approach. So sit back, relax, and join us as we dive deep into the world of ketones and coffee. Subscribe to the Ketones and Coffee podcast today and never miss an episode.
1: Hey guys, this is Lauren. So welcome back to the Ketones and Coffee Podcast and thank you so much for tuning in. I know everyone here that's listening are here because you want to create a sustainable, healthy lifestyle through the ketogenic diet. And every single week, I try to bring in guests that not only has knowledge, but these individuals have also been through the same trials that we all have been through when it comes down to our search for a better health. We get together in hopes to assist you on your own journey. I'm so excited for this, guys. Stick around because our guest today is a personal trainer and a nutrition coach. She specializes in gut health with her goal to help others understand what is really going on in your body and how to heal it. She has been in the health and nutrition space for more than 10 years and also have an online nutrition coaching helping people solve their gut issues. She is a true practitioner incredible story introducing now i'm so excited for this i'm here with jenlyn griffiths jenlyn welcome to the show
0: welcome thanks so much for having me on i love this i'm so excited i love talking about this stuff it's great
1: (laughs) i'm truly honored to have you on especially like um just doing a little bit of research about you you've gone through a little a a bit of a struggle in the beginning very early on in your life um your just your story is just amazing and I know I call you a true practitioner in your life because the most valuable thing that that we can learn today is, apart from understanding gut health, is application and practical tips on how to, first of all, understand what's going on and how to heal. And also, more importantly, your pain-to-purpose story, which has been, you know, we talked about being a little bit of a turbulent in the beginning, really early on. We got to tell this story because it shows, you know, you never settling and always seeking yeah. for answers and which I think should all we should all do in life. And so love to uh, have you on. How are you today? How's it going? What what's? Uh, I'm so
0: good. Mm-hmm. I'm so good. Yeah, I, you know, I did have a, it's funny that you said, I don't know if you heard me say that on another podcast, the whole pain mm-hmm. to purpose. Mm-hmm. But I do believe that the more I've gone through this, there's like two really good quotes that I love. One is, yeah, your pain can become your purpose. And the other one is, um, Your mess can become your message, you know? So like what we feel like we go through, I guess it gives me a lot of hope because I know there's a lot of people out there struggling with their own personal struggles, right? And I just want to tell people that like in the moment of my struggles, I was like miserable. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to downplay that. I was super frustrated. I was depressed. I was anxious, all those things, right? But I'm so truly grateful. And I'm not just saying that in a cliche way. Like I'm truly grateful for everything because yeah. now I know The experience that people are going through, and I did figure out how to get out of it, and I'm like very confident now that I'm like, yo, like if someone would have shown up for me back in the day, like me, (laughs) you know, and been like, here's what you do, walk through it, let me explain it for you, I just would have been very grateful. So I love, it's very fulfilling for me that I can do that now, you know, that I can provide answers for people that were like me and had no answers and Mm -hmm. were just like sick and frustrated, and now I'm like, cool, I've been there, let me take you to the path that I took and. Yeah. It's awesome. Like I love it. Yeah, and,
1: and you just didn't stop. Uh, you you kept going, and you you're you kept an open mind. I think I believe is one of the key things that you did is you kept an open mind. You've kept searching. You, you kept curious um, as you go on, learning about everything. You know your evolution with nutrition and all of that. I think is great. And if you had stopped looking for the answers, you wouldn't have come to this point where you are also helping others do the same for themselves right so we'll get to that yeah and like i said no true practitioner we have to tell your story as you yeah as you dealt with your own set of issues very early on you talked about um i I was listening in you know one to one of your interviews you know as for 14 years old you were given a bad hand that has progressively gotten worse and worse and you somehow found a way to create a thriving lifestyle today and not only that you're coaching other people about this we're about to get to Jenlyn's story here guys generally will take us through this journey I understand Jenlyn that you've struggled with gut issues take us back uh, what was going on at that time and the events that led you to the path you are in today
0: yeah, I'll tell my story. So, so I, my gut issues started, like I said, I was like 13, 14, I was 14 when it started. And so I'm in like eighth grade, you know, you're already in this environment. I feel like junior high is hard already. <laughs> and then, um, I like to share my story because I know it's now that it's super freaking common, you know? So I had gut issues, like my, my symptoms, I'll just tell everyone that's listening where, um, yeah, like I got sick almost every time that I ate. Right. So, I was getting like bloating, cramping, um, just pain. And it got to the point where it's like, I was like scared to eat anything because I was just like, I'd go to school and I would actually just not eat in the morning. So I wouldn't be sick. I'd go to school and then I could only make it to like lunch until I was like super freaking hungry. And then I'd eat lunch and I'd get sick and then I'd go home. Like this was like a consistent thing. I was like, trying to convince myself, like, just stay through the rest of school. But I was like, literally, like, so sick. I was like, doubled over in the bathroom. Like, it was just like, you can't, you know, you can't stay through that, you know. So the frustrating part was, I I I still remember, I feel like some of the people in school, because you have to like, you know, you're in junior high, so you have to sign out and get your parent to pick you up. You can't just leave. So I remember my mom, you know, would come and pick me up. And they asked my mom, are you sure she's not making this up? And I'm sitting here like, why would I make up that I'm so sick and leave school? Like I hate leaving school. Like my friends are here. I go home and I do nothing. Like to me, I'm just like, that was like, I still remember how like offensive that was. Cause I'm like, they literally think I'm making this up. But to be honest, that is common because the, when you have gut issues, how Western medicine, medicine handles it and the testing they do is not very good. Like I'll just tell you the test they should do and the test that they're not doing and they're actually doing right. So they, they didn't find anything with me for like years. So after I was really sick, I went to the regular doctor, um, told him my issues. He was like, I'm trying to think the first step they did. It was just kind of honestly a ridiculous process. like I'm not I'm not trying to be um, like angry or bitter towards doctors because I think they're doing the best they can with what they've been taught. Mm-hmm. But I do think what they've been taught is, is like missing yeah. a lot of information. Yeah. And the realize the reason I realize now that they're missing all this information is we have to understand that understanding the microbiome, which I'll go into a lot later in this episode, that was just kind of recently in like 2008, we started the human microbiome project. So I wasn't even this wasn't but this was like, I was sick in like 20 2003 or something like that. So like, It hadn't even really come out all the information now that's out, if that makes sense. So I think now we have way more information, but we really haven't changed the systems yet. And that's where I see the problem is, is like, so if you have gut issues, which by the way, the statistics on this are insane. It's literally like four out of 10 people have gut issues or more. So it's like at least 40% of the country Mm -hmm. and like 80% of the visits have to do with digestive distress. Like it's really, really, really Mm -hmm. common. Right. The reason I realize now, so like I go into the doctor and they immediately are just kind of like, uh, like what should we do? I think they did a, what's called a CT scan. You really can't see any digestive issues, things with that, a a cat scan. Like, you're, <laughs> you know, you're not like, I don't know what they're looking for. They did an endoscopy. So they like put a little camera down your throat and they did say like, oh, you yeah. might have acid reflex or ulcers. Those are kind of your go-to. Yeah. Like you have ulcers or acid reflex and then they give you just a pill for acid reflex It's called a PPI. It's a protein Mm -hmm. pump inhibitor. It actually lowers stomach acid, which to be honest, now that I know all information, I know that can make things significantly worse. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people that have gut issues actually don't have enough stomach acid. It's not that they have too much. Mm -hmm. So what they think is, oh, you have too much stomach acid. We're going to put you on a medicine that's going to lower your stomach acid. But honestly, that usually exacerbates all the issues. So that did. Mm-hmm. And then this, and then I went to a gastrointestinal specialist, which took me like five months to get into. They're supposed to be like the best gut doctors, right? They've studied to be a specialist in gastrointestinal mm-hmm. health. And she was the one that actually said, oh, I think you have parasites and put me on an antibiotic. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll explain that now. But putting someone on an antibiotic that has gut issues can honestly like start a whole storm of like severe sickness for a long time. And I'll kind of explain that. Why? Because antibiotics, they kill your microbiome. Your microbiome is these tiny little bacteria that we have literally thirty over 30 trillion bacteria in our body. It's insane, right? Like Mm. we have more bacteria than genes by like 100 to 1. I mean, it's just like insane the amount of bacteria. So what happens is if I give someone an antibiotic, I'm killing a lot of that bacteria Mm. and that will have consequences and what happened with me is they gave me an antibiotic. I finished the antibiotic and I didn't feel any better. So what did they do? Instead of diving more, asking me questions, what's your diet like? How's your stress? Like mm. all of that stuff, they just gave me a second antibiotic. So if you give someone one antibiotic, it's going to kill about a third of your gut bacteria.
1: Se- second antibiotic a second because dose. You're, not, you're not you're not getting better.
0: Yes. So they just figured, oh, there's still a lot. Like they're still there. We're just going to give you a second an- dose of antibiotics. Without giving me any time to recoup, by the way, mm. which you should really never do that for someone. Like, I just killed a third of your gut bacteria, and then mm. I'm going to do another dose and kill another third, and then I still wasn't better. And they gave me a third dose. So, which, like figured, I said,
1: they figured out you have GI issues, and
0: they, yeah they they mm. didn't they were speculating honestly. They mm. never even did testing to see what parasites I had ever. They just said, "Oh, we think you have parasites." If
1: you had to guess that this is the, the same thing that happens to everyone that. Goes there?
0: Yeah, I think it's very Mm. common. Very common. Yes, I can tell you just because some of the clients I've had now, when all their gut issues started, was after antibiotics. How do they find
1: you? They Um, just um, clients, mm, uh,
0: social media, TikTok. Mm. I'm bigger on TikTok, Instagram, and
1: Facebook. So why? What I I wanna ask you this because I think this is very important. Like, so from since since antibiotic they were put on antibiotic, your clients. Yes. Yeah.
0: Or steroids too. Which, yeah, either of those two.
1: And then they find you because it it wasn't working.
0: Yes, they get sicker, much sicker. Mm. Yes. So it's like the same as my story. Like the thing is, is antibiotics are not the right treatment for most gut issues. I can tell you that, right? I do think antibiotics have a place in medicine. Mm. Like, if you think about this, if you're in Iraq and you get shot and you have a big bullet wound and it's going to get infected, antibiotics might save your life, right? But for people like me, that Mm -hmm. definitely I just had leaky gut and dysbiosis, Mm -hmm. which I'll explain those two. But that's what I was dealing with. They were giving me antibiotics, which is going to make all of that much worse. And not only were they giving me one dose, but I think very um, irresponsibly, Mm -hmm. they were giving me three doses back to back. So what they did is I was sick for probably like four to five years after that, Mm -hmm. based on them prescribing me three doses of, of antibiotics without doing any proper testing and just guessing, you know, okay, well, let's give you antibiotics. Oh, you're not feeling better. Let's give you a second dose. Oh, you're not feeling better. Let's give you a third dose. So now I know, knowing what I understand about antibiotics, they just like obliterated my microbiome that took probably like 10 years to get normal again, to be honest. It's like pretty dramatic. You're, you're dealing with something they don't consider antibiotics to be like, they can't be that dangerous. They can actually be very dangerous if you do it like that. So that's all I want to caution people. of. I'm not saying never take antibiotics. But to be honest, if you're being prescribed antibiotics and you don't know exactly why, don't take them, please. Mm. If it's about acne, please don't take them. This is still happening worse. now. Oh, all the time. All the time. They they mm. give antibiotics, in my opinion, like candy. Like I remember one time I even got like a I had a sliver that was like pretty big but it was wood and it was removed out of my foot and they gave me antibiotics and I was like, I'm not gonna take these. Like when they're you very said,
1: when you said they're speculating and they're giving out <laughs> antibiotics, like do they know you're, – you're, you're assuming they're speculating or mm-hmm. – because I, I want to figure this out because they must know the side effects of antibiotics. Like They, they don't,
0: though, they actually. Don't? No. Yeah. I think this is what I'm trying to say is that this was before 2008. I don't think we truly understood the, um, the damage mm-hmm. the antibiotics can cause to the microbiome until we started studying the microbiome. So this was, again, pre-2008. This was probably like 2005, 2004, something like that this happened. Um, Mm. So in my opinion, I just don't think that they had been educated on it. And I don't think they still are very much about the dangers of giving someone three doses of antibiotics. And you've never even done like a stool test with this person. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So they really hadn't done. She just was going based on my symptoms, which all my symptoms that I can tell you were very much leaky gut and dysbiosis. It wasn't actually, but she just assumed because they didn't know any better. Oh, you must have Giardia is what she thought I had, mm-hmm. which is a parasite. We'll just give you these three doses of antibiotics. And then from there, obliterated my microbiome and then my hormones are all out of whack. So like from then on, I can tell you the the symptoms got much worse. So when you have gut issues, your skin is always going to reflect on what's going on the inside, right? So my outside skin is an organ that's a reflection of what's going on in the inside of my body. So when you have a lot of issues like inflammation that I was having, what happens is you start having like acne or rashes, right? So I did have that. I had acne. Um, mm-hmm. you also experience a lot of depression and anxiety because there's a gut-brain connection. It's called the gut brain mm-hmm. axis. Mm-hmm. It's always connected together by the vagal nerve and it's always it's called bidirectional. So it means my brain talks to my gut, my gut talks to my brain all the time, right? Mm-hmm. What we've discovered in science is that. For every one signal that my brain sends to my gut, my gut sends nine signals up to my brain. So your, your gut is actually almost like your first brain. It's actually mm-hmm. communicating with your brain more than your brain's communicating with your gut. So if we know now you have a lot of dysbiosis and leaky gut, which I had, that means I have tons of inflammation every time that I'm eating. And that means I'm going to have inflammation in my brain, which is going to cause mental health issues like depression and anxiety. So then I was super depressed and anxious, and guess what else they tried to give me? An antidepressant when I was 14. Luckily, I didn't get on it. I'm super grateful I didn't get on it. Um, I'm kind of, I won't say that antidepressants aren't never helpful, but definitely for someone I feel like that has gut issues, it's usually going to exacerbate more depression and anxiety because most of the time they use SSRIs, which are um, selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors so it's acting on your serotonin but the reason i'm not producing a lot of serotonin is because i have gut issues if that makes sense so that's causing the depression
1: hey guys let me tell you about this delivery service that's been a total game changer for my lifestyle did you know that it's now possible to get local fresh groceries delivered right at your doorstep well instacart gives you unlimited grocery delivery for one low monthly fee. And if I can avoid buying non keto friendly items from supermarkets who psychs you into buying unhealthy foods, plus if it saves me a lot of time and money, sign me up. Instacart is hand selected by shoppers based on your preferences, so no more rock hard avocados and they will keep your eggs safe too. And Instacart will find everything you usually buy and get smart suggestions for new items. And you can get your first order today delivered for free when you purchase over $35 by following the link on the show notes below to let Instacart know that I sent you and to help to support the show. Instacart, never step foot in the grocery store again. You know what, I definitely don't, I wouldn't blame anyone who would who wouldn't trust the system anymore with your experience, right? Um, they're basically symptom management. Like it is. I, if, if you're depressed, here's a, if you're going to sleep, here's a sleeping pill. If you're depressed, here's a, here's a pill. I, I want to know like how many, how many visits to the doctors before they s- prescribe you with uh, an antibiotic? Like for <laughs> somebody that's, you know, for example, like my mom would go to her doctors and she would go home with a prescription. Yes. That's like that's
0: the that's their system. I'm telling you. It's called you you're right, it's symptom management. That's what it is. That's all it is. It's never let's solve the real core issue, the root cause. Let's it's let's manage your symptoms. Yeah.
1: I don't understand that because if antibiotics are, co- are causing so much issues, how can you prescribe somebody not knowing what the real cause is because in 15 minutes you can't possibly know.
0: Exactly. But this is what they're doing with cholesterol. This is what they're doing with uh, statin drugs on cholesterol. This is what they're doing with people come in that are diabetic. You can see from their blood sugar and they're just giving them metformin and they're like, okay, here you go. Here's Mm. insulin and metformin. Good luck. They never talk to them about diet. Mm. Hey, the reason you have diabetes is you have really high blood sugar because you've been having a lot of carbs for a long time. They don't ever talk to them. You got to think, this is what I'm talking about. The system is broken. Your average doctor visit is 13 minutes. Yep. Do you honestly think in 13 minutes I can ask you about your diet or your stress levels or how many carbs you're having or if you're hydrated or how you're sleeping? No, I don't have time to talk about any of that. All I, yeah. What are your symptoms? Here's a drug. And guess yeah. what? The pharmaceutical companies, they make the books for the medical industry. Yeah. So when you're going to school, I know people are going like to hate me for this, but it's drug dealer school. That's yeah. the reality. You're learning yeah. about drugs. That's all you're really learning about. I have friends that are MDs and PhDs and they will tell you they get one day of nutrition education in twelve years. One day, six mm-hmm. hours. That's it. That's literally it. So if you think about, if I've been trained in nutrition for six hours, but I've been trained in pharmaceutical drugs for twelve years, what do you think I'm going to go towards?
1: Yeah, and they're limited drugs. too. They're
0: yeah, they're limited, limited because yeah. they're, they they have to bill the insurance. How you yeah. bill the insurance is is pharmaceutical drugs. Mm-hmm.
1: And they, so they like, can't say they can't say anything outside of what they learned.
0: Too. Yes, they can because their license might be put on the line. They yeah. don't get endorsed. They get a lot of endorsements from pharmaceutical companies. So if you ever yeah. talk to doctors, like you'll have reps that will come in that will try to like wine and dine you to push mm-hmm. their their new product, which is their new pharmaceutical mm-hmm. drug. So I'm just saying the system is broken, in my opinion. It's like you go into being a doctor because you want to help people. Mm-hmm. But then you go in and I, I have a lot of friends that have actually mm-hmm. left. They got their they were an MD and they left and started their own practice their own way. Cause they're like, I don't like the system. I'm just giving people drugs mm-hmm. kind of making them worse off and they're never getting better. And you get people that are in their thirties that are on like six different medications that are like heading towards heart disease and diabetes right now. It's like, mm-hmm. that's not yeah. normal, you know?
1: Yeah. And I believe you cause, um, a few years ago there was this thing that I was, you know, um, I have chronic anxiety, depression and there was a point that I couldn't sleep, right? And mm-hmm. uh long and behold they gave me a sleeping pill and I know that's not the problem. Like I know there's something wrong with me. Like not it it wasn't the sleep. It's it's some it's my mental health, right? And you giving me something that I could be addicted to because I I could de- it's not, depend de- on de- it. Depend on it. Um is really a red flag for anyone that's uh listening right now and you know for for a doctor to i think is irresponsible and mm-hmm. i think it's not their fault too because again they're limited to what they were taught in school and there's a whole thing about that that we can there's uh, so much you know issues with that that you know a, an episode cannot cover right and yes. so we'll just blow right through that. Um, Wow. And yeah, so uh,
0: so you got to realize after you got put on antibiotics for, you know, like I said, three doses, you're really, really sick. So what you've done is you have a balance in your in your body of this microbiome. Okay, so when I say microbiome, people always think of gut bacteria, I want you to understand it's actually all over your body. So we have bacteria in our gut, we actually have bacteria in our skin. So anywhere that you interact with the outside world, you're going to have bacteria. So in my nose, I know it sounds weird, but you have a microbiome in your ears, you have microbiome in your mouth, you have a very dense population of microbiome. That's why oral hygiene is so important to brush your teeth to floss is because you're actually balancing your mouth microbiome. When your mouth microbiome is dysbiotic, you get more like cavities and root canals and all the things that happen with dentistry, you know, so your microbiome is honestly, um, if you can think about it, it's a system that works like this with your immune system. It's very, very intertwined, you can almost not separate them, the more you learn about microbiome and immune system. So now knowing what I know, it's like your immune system is set up to help fight off diseases, viruses, bacteria. But if I'm giving all these things that are hurting the good bacteria, you can see a problem where the, the illnesses can obviously like you pretty much lay a groundwork where the bad bacteria can overgrow, and that's what happens. Mm-hmm. People get on antibiotics; they kill a lot of their good bacteria. The balance is so thrown off that more pathogenic bacteria, that are more like harmful, they will overgrow, and then you'll have all these issues. where you start to have um, food sensitivities, right? So then I can't digest a lot of different foods mm-hmm. um, because my immune system balance is so like. Like, I, I, I don't know if you're, I can explain leaky gut really quick to your listeners. I'm sure that you have probably heard of it, but um, mm-hmm. have you heard of leaky gut?
1: Yeah, I've so, several times. Okay. Yeah.
0: So it's very common. It's over 50% of America has gut permeability issues, which is leaky gut. Okay. So what happens is I eat food, right? It goes to my esophagus. From my esophagus, it goes to my stomach. My stomach mm-hmm. should be very acidic, right? So that's why antacids can be really hurtful. Even like Tums, antacids, Pepto-Bismol, mm-hmm. all that stuff they're kind of targeting, like, let's handle the stomach acid. That's the enemy. Your stomach acid is not the enemy. Okay. Your stomach acid is actually there to help break down all your food. Like if we didn't have stomach acid, we couldn't even break down food. We couldn't be alive. Right. Mm. So the stomach should be very acidic. So I'm always against, I'm sort of against PPIs, which are protein pump inhibitors. They put everyone on acid reflux. So this is like Prilosec, Nexium. Those are the most common that they use. Mm-hmm. Um, if you lower stomach acid, what happens is I'm not really breaking down my food properly. And that can actually cause a lot of malabsorption. I'm not absorbing my food anymore. Okay. So that's my stomach that happens there. It's pretty much like very acidic. It's, it's, if you know, the pH scale, 14 is alkaline one or zero is acidic. Your stomach should be like 1.5 acidity in order to break down everything. Okay. So one thing you have to understand is just supporting stomach acid. You can do that with apple cider vinegar. You can do that with betaine hydrochloride supplements. They increase stomach acid so I can actually properly de- break down my food. You know, From then, you're going to go to the small intestine. And the small intestine is anywhere from 23 to 26 feet in length. It's huge. It's huge. It's like a football field and it's all coiled up in your right here. You know, mm-hmm. So honestly, I'll say that most issues do happen actually in the small intestine, not in the stomach. So that's where a lot of people, I always thought, oh, I have stomach issues, right? Now we talk about gut. It's more the gut issues are actually happening in a small intestine, okay? So the small intestine is where you absorb 90% of your food, 90%. So most of it, right? So if I have issues in my small intestine, you can clearly see I'm going to have issues because I'm not absorbing my food. So then I'm like not going to have energy, right? This is where like fatigue comes in and more depression and anxiety. Cause there's no energy. I'm not absorbing it. Right. So when people ask me like, why are you not absorbing your food in your small intestine? Leaky gut. Okay. So you have this, um, mucosal lining that is all around your intestines and it's supposed to be tight junctions like this. Okay. So nothing's supposed to go out. Nothing's supposed to come in. It's like a protective barrier. What happens with leaky gut? And again, this is 50% of America. So if you're having these symptoms, likely you have leaky gut. Mm-hmm. Um, They loosen. These junctions loosen. And then what happens is undigested food can come out into the bloodstream. And then when it's undigested, the immune system freaks out. It's like, oh, my gosh, attack this. This is a foreign invader that's going to hurt us. Mm -hmm. So then what happens is you get an immune response from this food. And it could be healthy food. It could be like almonds. It could be, you know, like... Literally banana, almonds, uh, like you can get allergies Mm -hmm. to these foods that you normally wouldn't get allergies to, you know? Mm -hmm. And then what happens is your immune system kind of develops a remembrance like antibodies of this food was problematic. So then every time you eat it, you're getting this inflammatory response because the leaky gut. So it's Mm -hmm. like a vicious cycle because leaky gut, the symptoms are you start to have, um, you start to have mental health issues, depression, anxiety, you start to have like constipation or diarrhea bloating, um, fatigue, achy joints, these are all signs of leaky gut. Um, Also allergies, so more like seasonal allergies, more food allergies, maybe you have asthma all of a sudden, those are all could be tied back to leaky gut.
1: So when you had, I I, want to go back to when you discovered that you were actually, um, you had leaky gut issues. When Mm. was that point? I know you mentioned that Um, you were, went on to be a personal trainer and, and you were, you know, fairly in, in your way to learning about nutrition. And so I want to know, like, when did you connect that, that you are having issues with your leaky gut? When was that? Yeah,
0: it was a while later. I'm not going to lie. So Mm -hmm. I, I was able to solve some things in high school by myself. Like I did eliminate Mm -hmm. grains and gluten, which helped a lot. People that have leaky gut, grains grains, and gluten are just not going to go well with you and they're going to cause a lot of issues. Mm-hmm. So that was like the first step. And then after high school, I became a trainer, right? So I just, I think I did better. I didn't fully understand leaky gut even then. I don't think I fully understood leaky gut until I got into some nutrition certifications, which was like probably in my early 20s to be honest. So because honestly, this information wasn't really ready, readily available back then, I didn't hear about gut permeability until later. And I think it's just because the science wasn't really there. We didn't really know. Mm -hmm. You know, I think the holistic nutrition people knew about this far before, you know, other people did, to be honest. But yeah, I did become a trainer, I was able to, I would say manage my gut health, like I didn't do a lot of dairy or gluten or no gluten or grains. And that did help quite a bit. But I didn't fully understand like healing the gut. So when you It would probably be my early 20s that I realized, oh, like you got to add supplements back in to actually heal the gut lining, Mm -hmm. which now I I work my favorite supplement that I've just found in the last year is I work with a company called Microbiome Labs. And they're amazing because they're doing the research on this stuff. Um, And they have products specifically for like a leaky gut protocol and a candida protocol, which I definitely use those with my clients now. Um, It's cool that they're available now. I'm like, again, the science is cool. We live in a cool time where we're, we are developing really, we're understanding more about the gut, we're understanding how to heal it, we're understanding supplementation that helps. So there's a lot of things along the way. But like, I'm telling you, someone can live with leaky gut their entire life. It's not like it's necessarily going to kill you overnight, but it's going to cause a whole array of other issues. Because then you start to have insulin resistance, then you start to have hormone disruptions, then your metabolism is definitely dysfunctional, and you're gaining a lot of weight, you know, so like, yeah, I think this is an ongoing journey, but I can say for people now versus where I was at then, there's way more resources than there's ever been. There's more information about it. There's more supplements for it, you know?
1: Yeah, I I love that you went through um, some of the symptoms that if you're experiencing the symptoms, then those those are the symptoms of having a leaky gut that because some people are suffering right now and thinking, you know, maybe they're listening to this podcast just you know, looking for ways on how to transition to keto, but they didn't actually know that um, gut issues can really be reversed. Is, is, yes. is that, yeah, is, yes, is they that can. a fair assessment?
0: Yes. And honestly, mm-hmm. I love that you mentioned keto because I'll be honest, keto is a big part of my journey, right? Mm-hmm. So I've been keto since like before it was cool. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I, I went keto in honestly 20, uh, I'm trying to think, but it's been at least nine years. So I want to say, yeah, it was like, what is anyway, it was like around 2013, 2014 or something. I think that I became keto. The reason that this helps so much is a lot of the dysbiosis that I was talking about. um, Dysbiosis is you have an overgrowth of bad bacteria and you don't have enough good bacteria. That's it. Right. So a lot of it you'll hear me refer to as SIBO, small intestinal bacteria overgrowth or candida, which is fungal overgrowth. They're all in the dysbiosis category. Right. Means the good, the bad guys are winning. There's more bad guys than good guys. So what creates a lot of those bad guys? A ton of excess sugar, literally. So this is where keto comes in, right? When It's literally part of my process with healing gut issues to get people on a low-carb diet. Um, Mm. It's like, honestly, getting your blood sugar. Stop feeding the bad bacteria because processed sugar, it feeds the bad bacteria. Sugar that's especially like with no fiber because the fiber actually feeds the good bacteria. But think about what we're eating in our diet right now. A lot of soda high fructose Mm -hmm. corn syrup, 50 grams of sugar and a freaking soda, and there's Mm -hmm. no fiber in it. So what's happening to your blood sugar is it's way up and then it Mm -hmm. drops down and then you get hungry again for more sugar and then way up and then way down. So I see people on these roller coasters every day Mm -hmm. where they're like, oh, drink my Coke down, have a Snickers down, have Doritos down. Like they're on this roller coaster all day with their energy. And the reason that is, is because they've never been keto adapted, right? So me and you understand – What keto is, what it does in a lot of aspects, but I actually like using it as a tool for gut healing because until I can lower carbohydrates, I can't really starve all these bad bacteria that keep eating the sugar like candida. Candida is a fungal overgrowth that happens in a lot of people. It's actually um, over 30% of America has candida overgrowth. Um, I also find it interesting that over a third of America is pre-diabetic or diabetic, right? So there's a reason for that. It's the sugar. It's excess sugar and particularly like sugar with no fiber. So you think about fruit juices, no fiber, just sugar. Soda, no fiber, just sugar. Um, Mm -hmm. Even these like sugary drinks, like the electrolyte drinks, like body armor or like all these things at the store, like whatever, they have a lot of sugar in them and they're just drinks, right? And then people Mm -hmm. are eating a lot of processed sugar. They're eating chips. They're eating bread. They're eating, you know, candy, Mm cookies, cookies chips like they're all processed sugar with no fiber so of course mm-hmm. you're going to feed the bad bacteria and not feed the good bacteria and you're just going to get worse and worse and worse because you're damaging your metabolism
1: there's a lot of people probably thinking like maybe you know some of your clients are ready to you know make a change and they understand that it it is a problem and it can be fixed but the more difficult part is to now what? What, what yeah. can we do? The, the the practical side of it, the actionable items that you talked about, where you know sugar actually feeds the bad bacteria, that you know is for some people is hard to do just because it, they've been living this life for so many years. And mm-hmm. and you talked about or we talked about earlier that before we can make a change, it has to be somehow you know for somebody to have to go through that pain to push them to make a change yeah right? and so without that pain if if it, they don't feel like you no know, for me like my thing is just to you know explain to people on how this is an option for them but it, it, it is a simple step of elimination but it's always good thing to tell people that it, it isn't that easy yeah because you, you can't this has to be a sustainable thing for somebody and i feel like you you can help us figure this out uh, as somebody that's been coaching for many many years and i believe your mission started when you know we couldn't rely on the system to help you but taking control of your health is is the key right as you did for yourself um how can we take control of this and as, as somebody that's been doing this for many many years what's the first step for them to realize to to make make a, a first step to you know making that change. change
0: yeah the, uh, this is such a good question because mm-hmm. i'm not gonna lie it's not an easy change right like mm-hmm. i understand i study a lot of psychology and behavior too because i in coaching you have to understand that you can't just give people information and expect they're gonna like do it a lot of times the hard thing is people say i want this so bad i want to change i want to feel better but we're such habitual creatures, right? We're creatures of habit. So one thing that I do in my coaching is I really focus on habit change first because you honestly cannot outdo bad habits. You can't, I swear. Every psychology person will tell you this. Um, it's kind of an addiction, you're right. Like I get addicted to the foods I eat. I get used to the sugar. There's definitely a lot of evidence to support like a sugar addiction too, which I know some people argue with me on. But you have to realize you're getting a, the same response as like, like the pathway the the areas of the brain that light up with sugar are very similar to obviously the areas of the brain that light up even with like a cocaine or something like that, right? It's a lesser amount, so I'm not gonna compare it to cocaine, but you're getting a response, a reward, dopamine, all that stuff, so you're you're kind of addicted to this sugar cycle. so one thing I say, you gotta break the sugar addiction first, right? so how do I do that i kind of I can't just tell people like just get rid of sugar, good luck, you know like <laughs> you have to have substitutions. And you have to have habit changes in order to do this because it is hard. I'm not going to lie. So it's like, okay, where's a good place to to start? At least start with no sugar drinks, right? Just switch to – there's so many good options now. There's like tons of like – I love like the sparkling waters that are out there with like no sugar in them. I think those are a really good option for people that are used to soda because they like like the carbonation feel. So I'm like, cool, go get like all of the LaCroix and the – Perrier's and there's tons of brands. There's like a million of them now that are like these seltzer waters that are like flavored. I think that's a good substitute for if you're getting off of sugary drinks. Um, and then obviously cut out like milk, you know, get coconut milk that has sugar in it. Um, don't do fruit juices. So start with just no sugary drinks. And then one concoction, and this is on, um, my like TikTok and my Instagram. So you guys can see the, the, um, like the recipe or whatever, but it's super simple, but it actually works. I've discovered this from one of my mentors That has um, coached like Olympic athletes, professional athletes that had to make weight in order Mm -hmm. to get their sport. And they were having a lot of cravings. Like, you know, how like fighters and um, wrestlers and all that, they have to make a certain weight. So he had these people Mm -hmm. that were coming to him being like, dude, as soon as I'm cutting weight, the cravings are just getting super bad. And that does happen. To be honest, I've done bodybuilding. I know when you get really, really low body fat, you start to have like really bad cravings. Um, so this is something he taught me and it works. It's so crazy. So it sounds interesting, but if there's a supplement called glutamine, it's just an amino acid, right? You can buy it on Amazon for super cheap, unflavored glutamine. And one thing that I've tried with my Mm -hmm. clients is you can actually do 10 grams of glutamine. So it's usually like two teaspoons, Mm -hmm. um, and then a little bit of heavy whipping cream. And then I usually put a little coconut milk in there too. So I make like a drink that's like a cup. So I do one tablespoon of heavy whipping cream and then glutamine and some stevia So it's sweet, but what happens is the glutamine kind of tricks your body into thinking you got sugar. There's a lot of pathways that go into this. I'm not going to go into it. It's very scientific, but it tricks your body into kind of thinking you got that sugar fix. And he would have his clients do this. Like He's like, if you have 10 cravings a day, do it 10 times a day, like whatever. And they would end up having the cravings go away and they would make their weight and they'd win their sport and everything. So I was like, cool, I'm just going to try it with my clients and myself, right? Mm. It does work, right? There's something about it that you get the heavy whipping cream, which is like creamy, you know, but there's no sugar in heavy whipping cream. You're just doing a tablespoon, which is like 40 calories too. Um, And then the glutamine and something about that mix just gets you to kind of like chill off of your sugar craving. So I know a lot of people I talk to, they're like, I do fine until like the night, you know, like the night is when I want to eat dessert and ice cream and all this stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm like, try it, try doing this little shot. You can do it four times a day if you want, whatever. And it's something to at least break the sugar addiction right? Mm-hmm. You got to treat it kind of like that. Um, so that's a really good fix. I also like really mm-hmm. like we live in a cool time where there's so much mm-hmm. key, keto products out there. Dude, there's keto brownies like I got to give a shout out mm-hmm. to uh, they're called salivation foods. I love them. I met them a few years ago at metabolic health summit and they make these brownies that are keto that are like ridiculously good, like better than any brownie I think I've ever had. And they make them in their keto. So I'm like, dude, you don't have to suffer like I did when I first started keto. There was no keto brownies around. There was no keto cookies. We live in a time where it's like, cool, you can stock up on that stuff. There's They use monk fruit sweetener and erythritol, no sugar, but you can yeah. still get your fix and you can easily get off sugar now. I don't. I know I said it's hard, but I honestly kind of want to take that back in a minute and say, actually, it's not that hard because there's keto brownies there's keto cookies, there's keto ice cream, there's like anything you want that you like keto pasta, keto bread, like keto bagels. So I'm like, actually, the substitution now, I don't think it's that hard. I think it was hard when I started it, because there was I just like made my own meat and vegetables every day, you know, but now I'm like, you should substitute that because you're used to eating that. So if you just say, I'm gonna go from eating brownies every day to never eating brownies, Mm Do you see how you're gonna like kind of set yourself up yeah. for failure, possibly? You know, you're
1: so you're saying craving is not your fault. It's we can explain that.
0: Yes, in... it's honestly like an addiction cycle. It's honestly, mm-hmm. it's kind of similar to someone being an alcoholic. They have they developed mm-hmm. this need for it and this dependency on it. And same thing with sugar, we've developed a dependency on it. What happens? You got to think about it this way. Mm-hmm. So stored body fat is fuel, right? If I have all mm-hmm. this stored body fat, but I have no energy. I have a problem using that fat for fuel, right? So that's what keto does. Keto teaches you, hey, if you lower your blood sugar and insulin for a while, you can actually tap into your fat stores and then you don't have to have all these crazy cravings all the time. Like the cravings mm-hmm. do go away, I can tell you that. Like the sugar cravings. Yeah. They go away when you get your sugar addiction under control. That's just like how it works. Man, right.
1: just and also you can't just settle for, you know, obviously if you're having the same issues gut issues, leaky gut. It's worth it to try, right? Yes. Why not try for a you know a month, right? And and see how it works. And yeah, absolutely. And there's like like I said, there's a lot of alternatives out there now that it's it's fun actually to make make a transition. And if you and how how long does it take for this to reverse? This leaky gut to reverse?
0: It's it's honestly a little dependent on the individual. Um Mm -hmm. it depends how long you've been dealing with it. I have some people for instance, I have a client that has like Hashimoto's and he's had it for like 12 years. So Hashimoto's is an autoimmune condition. It's usually kind of starts with leaky gut. So it's like if he's had it for 12 years, it might take longer than six months to reverse it. You know what I'm saying? If you just developed leaky gut, you might be able to heal it quicker. So I wish I could give you like a quick answer. I can say that I've seen from research and stuff and from just my my experience with clients yeah. I've seen a lot of improvement in 90 days if you actually commit yes I have seen okay. a lot of improvement I won't say it's completely healed in 90 days depending on how severe it's been and how long you've been living with it you know
1: Do you guarantee your clients this is reversible Guarantee
0: mm-hmm. it, I wouldn't say I can guarantee cuz I can't I can't guarantee the work on their side I can say that uh, it is right. Yeah I can say it is totally reversible yes but the problem with working with clients is it takes two. I can give you information. You have to apply it, right? I don't know yeah. if, if you're the more honest you're going to be with me, the better I can help you. But sometimes people will be like, oh, yeah, I haven't had any Makes sugar in my blood sugar. is this." If they're not being fully honest with me, it's hard. I can't. You know what I'm saying? So it's hard yeah. to. Can I guarantee that you can reverse leaky gut? Yes, I can. You know, that's that yeah. is that's shown in research. So
1: I want to ask you this. I am without a doubt. That many, many people are, you know, obviously, like we said earlier, that they're still going through this um, and are not willing to make a change. And it pains me to say that. And I feel like, you know, your passion for this uh, also feel like it is irresponsible upon us to share this. But nobody really helped you really solve the problem in the beginning. Yeah. So do you do you feel like that? Somehow this is a responsibility to get this out as many people as possible. I do
0: feel really responsible, honestly, to get this out. Yes, because I just don't Mm -hmm. want people to experience the same frustration Mm -hmm. that I did. Like I I was Mm -hmm. looking for the answers and I didn't really find good people for a while that would give me the answers. It took me years, you know, Mm -hmm. to listen to a ton of podcasts, read a ton of books, finally meet some mentors that actually understood this stuff. So I do feel a big responsibility to get it out because I'm like, dude, if you're like me where you were like, I'll try anything. Mm. Like I was in so much pain. I was like, I will try anything. Please tell me what to do and I'll try it. That's where I was at. I know some people are Mm. not fully there, but I can tell you if the pain's bad enough, you're going to want to change.
1: Going back to your story, having to go through all of that, uh, you know, learning nutrition as you go through life, you've picked up so many things that help you navigate. You know, you had roadblocks like, which actually helped you pivot into the right direction that you are in now, but the key thing you did was, you know, you're always open and curious. Um, I want to ask you if you could go back today to your, you know, 13 year old self, 14 year old self, tell yourself something, one a piece of information. What would that be?
0: There's hope. <laughs> <laughs> like you, like I did feel hopeless for a long time. To be honest, it was yeah. like I would say there was a couple years where it's like you. Because the people that in the lab coats, the authority, they're supposed to fix you as what I thought, right? They're supposed to help me and they were hurting me worse. So I think I felt a lack of hope because I was like, does anyone know the answers? Like, am I alone in this? Like, am I just, now that I understand how big of a problem digestive issues are, I can just tell you, you are not alone, dude. You are not. You can join the freaking 60% of America, 70% of America that's experiencing gut issues. It's pretty massive. So I would say I would just if I could go back to my younger self, I would say, hey, there's hope. Keep like keep your curiosity and your like ability to understand there is an answer for this. And like I said, I think we live in a very exciting time right now where there's more research than there's ever been about this stuff. So it's like I can point you in that direction. If you want to see some of this research I'm talking about, DM me, you know, email me or whatever, because there's really cool research being done. And you should have way more hope now Mm -hmm. than I was able to have at that time. Just because we live in an information age, we're on the internet, we're Mm -hmm. all connected. We're all sharing information. Back when I was sick, there was no, there really wasn't social media. It hadn't even started. So, Mm -hmm. you know, so I'd say there's hope and there's information and you can apply it and you can try it and you can learn, but you, you gotta be a little bit open to, you're going to have to learn some stuff. You can't just be like. You just can't be like, okay, just tell me what to do and I don't need to understand it. You do need to understand it to an extent. You need to understand what's going on in your body to an extent.
1: How can I know that my doctor can't help me anymore?
0: Um, If you've been going to them and all they give you is prescription Mm. drugs, Mm. that's not a solution. I mean, have they done stool testing Mm. on you? Have they told you what organisms are overgrown in your your gut Mm. gut bacteria? I would say Mm -hmm. like that's how you don't be afraid to fire a doctor if you're like, hey, is this a solution or is this like a temporary symptom management? And they're like, like if you have to stay on a drug the rest of your life, is that a solution? Mm -hmm. You know, and do you actually feel better on that drug too? like, I can tell you, I don't feel like there's any pharmaceutical drugs for gut stuff that I would recommend. There's a couple pharmaceutical drugs Mm -hmm. I'm not completely against because I can see the mechanism they're working on, but very few. And none related to gut issues that I'd recommend. So,
1: well, there's a ton of information here. Um, you know, we talked about your story, talked about understanding the gut issues. And what, what are the other benefits that we can, uh, healing your gut? What are some of the benefits that we can uh, see Look, yeah. once we so, work on your gut? Dude, so
0: this is why I'm so passionate about it. If you heal your gut, your mental health gets better. I can tell you this because I was severely depressed. Like I was, I was depressed and anxious for a long time and dealt with mental health issues. And I can tell you that my mental health now has never been better ever. Like, it doesn't mean I don't have sucky days. Like we all do, but I don't experience the depression, anxiety that I used to. Right. Um, my skin, skin, like I said, I started, I struggled with acne for many years. My skin, I never get breakouts anymore, ever, like never, even around my like menstrual cycle. Like it's, if you heal your gut, your skin does really, really well and your mental health does well. And then just energy, dude, like I, I have an insane amount of energy. And yes, I love that your ketones and coffee podcast because I love coffee. I'm not going to lie. But even like I, I seriously just drink coffee in the morning and I'm good like till the second I go to bed. I like never need to nap. I don't even have a dip in energy at all. I used to not have good energy, right? Because that's what happens when you have gut issues is I'm eating the food. I can't really metabolize the food and therefore I have no energy. So I would say like, the benefits are huge, you, you just feel like yourself again, you feel like you can enjoy your life, you like, I have energy, I actually have energy to deal with people because I had no energy, I didn't even want to be social. I was like, I have no social energy to give. And now I have like endless, I'll go to these events, you know, like I love going to conferences and medical events, because I just love to like meet peers and, and people that understand the same space I do. And I'll go there and I like won't even eat all day and I'm just like talking to people and they're like, How much coffee are you on? I'm like, none. Like I just I'm just telling you the amount of energy you can have when you heal gut issues is insane. Like I didn't even think it was possible. I feel like I like the fact that people need energy drinks to stay up, I'm like, wait, what? Like if I have an energy drink, I'm like off the wall shaking. Like I'm my energy is already too high. So like if you know that you could have better mental health, better energy, better relationships, because like I just your 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 relationship with yourself improves because you're not like i was always like what's wrong with me that was like my common thought was like what's wrong with me i'm like i need to be fixed and once you actually mm. heal these things you're like there's nothing wrong with me it's kind of the system that's messed up like they're feeding us food that mm. is making us sick and then they're giving us drugs that's making us sicker do you see why there's a problem mm. i do you know what i mean yeah. so like you do yeah. you're right you have to take back your own health you got You got to kind of like not listen to the doctors for a second and listen to the people doing the research and what it's showing. And you got to be a little bit more smart and educated, being like, I can't just blindly trust authority anymore. I wish we could. I wish I had a better view of doctors, but like, I'm not the only one that my story, I've heard it from countless others. They're mistreated in the system, you know? Because if
1: you had, if you had, you know, stayed the path that you were on, Earlier in your life, if you hadn't taken control of your life or had to educate yourself through, you talked about listening to podcasts, reading books about relevant uh, topics, then really you're putting your uh, your life on hold. you know. And if you're waiting for that help and nobody's coming, then it's time to take control. Exactly. Right? Yes um yeah for me i realized you know nobody else can help me only me can uh only me can make me run a mile only me can help me uh transition to keto right there's a coach available for you there's a community available for you but you have to take control of your own life man that's so good there's a lot of things here that i wish everybody had taken notes i'm gonna go back and look at everything because there's a i lot know there's about, a lot of information you know, like, we go on for five hours uh, on so
0: many topics <laughs> I know.
1: um cool last thing yeah. um what's a telltale sign that a client will you know be successful mm, on your program? i love that
0: Ooh, okay um the ability to learn like the openness to learn mm-hmm. right so if i have clients that i try to explain something like i don't really care about this i'm sorry but the more usually that you understand the more that you're bought in so your ability to learn You don't have to know as much as I do. I'm like obsessed with this stuff weirdly, but I like read research papers in my like weekend off time. It's weird, but I'm just like that. But I'm saying your ability to understand, like you do need to understand the basics of how your body's working and how food is processed, right? So a little bit ability to learn, not having excuses, like, I'm sorry, no, it's hard for change, but be honest with me and be honest with yourself when you're just like, I just didn't try yesterday. I just didn't go on the walk you told me to go on. I just didn't do this, right? It's okay. We're all human. I'm not going to judge you. It's just like your ability to to actually hold yourself accountable a little bit to your own actions Mm -hmm. is what tells me if a client's going to be successful or not and their ability to invest in themselves. So I used to do, Mm -hmm. okay, I'll give you like a quick I used to kind of like when I would see someone that really needed help and they didn't couldn't afford it, I'd be like, "Okay, you know what? I'll just coach you for free," right? You know, and I did this a couple times. I'm telling you, every time that I did it, they never did the work and they were not good clients and they never had any results. So I discovered I was like, "What's happening?" And I'm like, "Oh, they haven't actually invested any money," right? Mm-hmm. So they're not actually invested. Interesting. And I'm not saying this like I love to do free information. That's why I do podcasts, that's why I have social media. But when someone actually wants to change their life, I know this because I've spent $2,000 on multiple certifications. And guess what? When I spent two grand on a certification, do you think I'm going to complete it? Absolutely, I'm going to complete it. If I got a free certification, do I complete it? I don't value it as much. So like, I do think investing in this, like, you know what I mean? And when people say like, oh, I kind of want to change, but I just don't have money to. I'm sorry, that is a lie because you are guaranteed you're spending money on DoorDash, on eating out on food, on mm-hmm. drinks, on going out on the weekends, you have the money somewhere. Mm-hmm. So I'm just saying, if you're serious about it, usually usually will put money behind it. That's just how it works with anything that we're doing. Like when you became a podcaster, you had to invest in your microphone and your equipment, right? If I were just to be like, oh, I just don't want to, that's okay. But you're not like fully invested. So I think the ones that can invest time and money mm-hmm. in what they're wanting to change. Because yeah. again, if I get a client even that has money, but has no time, it's hard to work with them because I'm like, "Cool, we talked yeah. about stuff. You didn't do anything last week. We talked about mm, So your yeah. ability to, to be honest with yourself and say, "Am I willing to invest time and money to actually change? Is my pain bad enough that I want to change and I will invest time and money and keep myself accountable?" Mm. you know?
1: And we shouldn't put a put a dollar amount on our health, right? No, health um, is everything. You I, could have a mil- yeah.
0: you could be a millions, like millions of dollars, be a millionaire, and lose your health, and you will give all of your millions mm. for your health back. I swear it. Yeah. I've heard it multiple, multiple times. Mm. So if you think that you yeah. your health isn't worth any money, you got to do some digging because you're going to yeah. end up really sick, maybe yeah. 40 years old on 10 medications with heart disease, and then you're going to be like, "Wow, yeah. I should have done something years yeah. ago." You know. Yeah.
1: <laughs> That's why I'm so happy you're here, and I'm so happy that you're so driven, your mission, because. I, I'm, you know what the the best people on earth are the people that are practicing uh actually what they're preaching because and people that are you know from pain to purpose those are the best people that you want to be associated with and you're one of those people and you have really come from um struggles and you've actually found out the way because nobody nobody was there to help you which i, I believe drives you to doing what you're doing today and so um, where can they find thank you? Thank you so much uh, for that.
0: I really appreciate that, by the way. I am passionate about this and I I thank you for giving me an opportunity to tell people because I'm like, this is just my passion, you know? Um, easiest way to find me, so my, my website is guthealthforlife.com. It's really easy, guthealthforlife.com. Um, there is, I have like a membership site, so if you are a little bit tight on money, it's only 39 bucks a month and I release one course every month. There's one on leaky gut up there, there's one on candida, there's an intro to gut health on there. Um, so that's one option if you're just like, hey, I don't have a ton of time and money, but I want to learn. That's the best option. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to talk to me directly, you can hit me up on Instagram. It's at Jenny Fit. So J E N N I O I'm also Jenny Lynn Fit on TikTok, but you can't like direct message on TikTok. Anyway, it's weird. So right. I would say if you want to direct message me, do it on Instagram. If you just want to follow me, you can follow me on both platforms. Um, just at Jenny Fit on those two. So
1: there you go, guys. Thank you so much, Jenny Lynn, for uh, taking the time to share your of story course. and you know share your passion. Thank you, appreciate it. It's been awesome. Awesome. Bye bye. Thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in to another great episode here on the Ketones and Coffee Podcast. And we've had such a pleasure of hosting yet another amazing guest here, guys. If you're eager to learn more about the secrets of succeeding on the ketogenic lifestyle, be sure to check out the show notes. As a special treat for our loyal listeners, I'm offering an exclusive opportunity for a free consultation call. Discover how you can achieve success on the ketogenic lifestyle by simply referring to the details provided in the show notes take advantage guys of this unique chance to enhance your journey to a healthier you and stay tuned for more captivating episodes and until next time guys keep embracing the power of ketones